Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa. Welcome back. Thank you. It's welcome so back good to, to be you, back. Not just the listeners, but also to you. I'm so glad to have you back. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. It's good to be back doing our thing. Um, we're super excited about today's episode. We're going to just jump right into it. We have a lot of really good stuff. We have two very special friends, guests, friends of the podcast. We have Miss Noelle Kay and Good Looking Lee from the Thank Me Later podcast. Welcome, guys. Thank hey. you so much. Hi, We're ladies. so excited you guys are here. We're excited so to, be to be here. <laughs> this has been a long time coming. Yeah. Lee, we've yeah. known each other pretty much since we started in the studio. Yeah. yeah. We used to like always walk by you and we'd be like, she looks really cool. We need to talk to her. <laughs> We're like, do you know her name? But we need to be friends with her. <laughs> Like, we used to see you on the Instagram all the time for Gotham, and we were like, who is she? We will be with her. Yeah, uh, I remember one time you guys came and gave me hugs, and and when you left, I was like, I have no idea their names, but they're so nice. (laughs) I was like, they're such good people. No, yeah, you guys are really nice. I mean, I would see you guys coming in for the show, and I guess after brunch, right? Always (laughs) after brunch. (laughs) brunch. (laughs) Usually after a boozy brunch. Yeah, and sharing. Always. The... What was the Jello shots? Yeah, the rainbow yeah. pot of gold Jello shots from yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Really That's good. right from our our failed St. Patrick's Day. Failed St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> that was our first like official interaction, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got to know each other more at the Women in Podcasting mm-hmm. Festival here at Gotham. Yes, such a great event. You guys were phenomenal speakers there. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's when we became like podcast BFFs. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was it. We definitely bonded that day. (laughs) But, uh, you know, shout out to Noelle K. That was her first uh, live show. Yeah. What? No way. You did so well. Thank you. Crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. I didn't know you guys didn't know that. (laughs) No, that is so cool. I love that. Well, we told you guys earlier we're kind of on this mental health, self-care type of segment because, one, it's super important to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it's also really important as women to really open up ourselves and our identities and our mind to this. Um, So we want to kind of get our listeners to to get to know you guys. So um, let's start with you, Noelle. Uh, If you were to answer the question, who, who are you? Tell us who you are. Well, I would identify myself as an artist. Uh, I think that simplifies me altogether. Um, I'm super creative and I'm very open-minded person. Um, I'm a black woman, so uh, I'm definitely very prideful in that. I stand in that. Love it. And um, aside from that, I, I'm. I just I wouldn't say too too much more of labels on me. I really don't like to label myself. Mm -hmm. So even um, as a black woman and even as an artist, um, those two, I just, I kind of stick to those, but even not breaking out of that, but just wanting to be more so one with Mm -hmm. the universe. (laughs) That's my thing. That's great. Um, It's good to kind of let the universe come in that you don't define define yourself so much where there's all these different labels. Because who created them? Right. That those were kind of society's way of putting people into little boxes. Right. I don't like being in a box. I right. hate boxes. I like being outside the box. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's what it's about. Yeah. Wow. I like box. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you like, oh, hey, put it in a box. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll be thinking stuff and it just be coming out. <laughs> Let it come oh. out. <laughs> uh, so Lee. Lee as a person, I would say. I'm just a vessel, right? I don't really like to identify as a podcaster even mm-hmm. anymore because yeah. I do so much more. Like yeah. I can do so much. So I just try, like, I'm just a vessel. I'm the bridge between, like, 
the concept and the reality. Um, mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I'm the bridge more so for other people because mm-hmm. I, I always kind of sleep on myself. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, nah, you got it though. Like, you do got it. it going I'm like, on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got to introduce you to this person and link you with this person. Um, but I'm just a vessel. Like, I, I just create. Like, I have to create. I know mm-hmm. that. I know I'm, I'm not happy when I'm not creating. But, That's uh, powerful. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super miserable when I'm not creating. Like, I haven't been behind the microphone in a while. And I'm what? sad. Yeah, I'm super sad. All of my episodes are pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. But um, damn, glad yeah. we got you behind the you mic. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 like this, up. I'm so happy. Like, but this you, is technically behind the mic, even though it's not you. No, I'm saying this doing, counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't been behind the microphone. Mm-hmm. We haven't been in the studio, so it's like, even that the medium that I create doesn't matter. But like podcasting is so dear to me mm-hmm. that I, I realized yesterday. I was just like, yo, I'm sad. I'm a little sad. Oh. So like being back is so is so exciting. That's it's amazing. So exciting. Wow, my heart's so warm Thank from you. that. Thank you so uh, much. I love the the whole idea of being a vessel. I've actually never heard of someone yeah, describe themselves some that way. But it's it's interesting because that's kind of who we are. We yeah. always are connecting to different people, connecting to different ideas uh, and theories in life, and connecting to cities and all these different uh, things that make us who we are. And that's so important when it comes to our mental health, because if we don't have kind of a a general sense of who we are, uh, we're on the road to figuring that out. And that's important to identify that as well. Yeah, I'm I'm super like, like I just was telling somebody the other day, like I meet a different version of myself daily. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it goes by the minute, but like for a long time, I was scared to say that out loud because like, you know, know who you are. You got to be who you are. But it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like for me, evolution is a constant. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's bad. Um, We're just, constantly learning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm always learning different things. Like, oh, okay, this doesn't serve me anymore. I probably shouldn't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's super hard to apply though. It's like when you when you're stuck and you learned a habit, it's super hard to be like, you know what, it doesn't serve me. I'm not going to do it anymore. Because mm-hmm. you can say it, but then given any kind of trigger, you know, you're liable to go back. So mm-hmm. for me, I just I always I'm always learning like who I am. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for me to just be like, like, this is who I am. It's hard because right. that version of me that I was at that time, it, it doesn't always stand. I mm-hmm. think that makes perfect sense because, I mean, everything is changing all the time, mm-hmm. including ourselves. I mean, when I think about who I was maybe like six months ago, completely different than the person who's behind the mic right now. Because you evolved. There were things that happened to you, life happened, that changed your perception on things to make you have a whole new outlook. Oh boy, life really happened on me. (laughs) (laughs) Life happened on all of us. But it happens on all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's once you get that new lens, you kind of have this whole new personality. You have this whole new attitude that you have to kind of learn to adapt to. And people can get uncomfortable like that. We don't get comfortable. But <laughs> yeah, shout out to DGC is doing so good. DGC is doing good. Yeah. No, but I was listening to that. I, I know the song has kind of some lyrics of don't get comfortable with my love, but I was really listening to that this weekend in a totally different mindset of don't get comfortable with not just my love, the love for myself, but who I am. Because mm-hmm. as soon as we start getting comfortable with who we are is when the next big change happens. Exactly. Super, That's super. important to recognize. Very important. And a lot of people don't do well with change. Me. <laughs> I'm a lot of people. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a lot, lot of people. people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I try to hold on to like the comfort so much that yeah. by the time I realize it's time to let it go, it's like I've tried everything. 
Mm-hmm. I've tried like this. That's my last option. Right. Um. And uh, I've just been working on, you know, seeing the change, and going with it. Um. Even sooner than usual. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has a hard time with change. Yeah, I don't think anybody. It, it, it starts to feel yeah. like it's just you, though. You see so many people like, yeah, the universe has got it. I'm just going with it. And I'm like, damn, I should do that. But I don't know how. It's a tough mindset. No, see, I would say that those people that you see on the internet, they're like, oh, yeah, the universe. Those are the people who, like, the change is in their control. It's when the change goes outside of your control is when it becomes a problem. That's mm. when you really let the universe decide, and I hate that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. I know. I mean, I love being in control of a lot of decisions or like changes that go on in my life. So my struggle wasn't the fact that I don't like change because I was experiencing it. Mm-hmm. It just like <laughs> I just don't like change that I can't control. Mm. It's tough it that way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm a control yeah. freak. Uh, 110% I embrace it. You know this. We live together. Oh, yeah. 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 I know. You two are the same person. We're very similar. We're, yeah. Yeah. She she be trying to control everything. It it gets tough sometimes because you want to really assess the situation and know what's going on. And then as soon as you get that curveball, you're like, well, shit, what do I do now? Right. And you can either adapt to it or, or don't. And I find the times that I don't adapt to it, which is a little less now than what it used to be in the past, is when my mental health kind of goes south. Mm. And it's and it's a hard thing to understand too when you're not really understanding what's happening and you're like, why is this happening to me? Why right. is this uh, thing in my life going on and and why can't I control it? Right? Because you, you didn't, you know, ask for it to happen. So, mm-hmm. but 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 did you not ask though? Because that you, is you, true. You, That's a like, good question. <laughs> I, I heard I heard something. Uh, I stay super close to the fire. I was going to ask you how you stay close to the fire being the fire being like what keeps you level-headed um Mm -hmm. for me um i'm getting way better at meditating and uh just listening to audio and uh reading that uh reading stuff that puts me back where i need to be mentally Mm -hmm. but i heard something on uh super soul conversations uh bless you titan (laughs) (laughs) oh yes we do have team money titan snell in the studio the cutest blue pomeranian out there (laughs) he is so precious right but i heard something and it was something along the lines of obstacles are gateways um, to the right path. It was something like that. Like yeah. obstacles are gateways to the right path. Um, yeah. I listened to that episode about four times. Like I even sent it to Noel. And wow. that resonated because it's always like, yo, why is this happening? Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, can I curse? Of course you oh, do. Yeah, oh my God. I curse yeah. all the time. Okay. We do curse uh, a lot. so bad. Yeah. It's, I, I'm trying to get better, but that was one <laughs> of those like times that I had to ask. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to reword it. We could take that out. No. Um, no. But, uh, <laughs> this is the raw, unfiltered I, yeah. version of keeping it together. Thank goodness. But I heard that, and I was like, yo, that like I should start seeing things that way because I'm always like, yo, what am I doing wrong? But I noticed, like, looking back, Every obstacle led me where I needed to be, mm-hmm. where I asked to be. So I'm not sure. Like certain things, yeah, of course. Nobody, like nobody asks to go through like, you know, death or like heartbreak. But we needed that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I always said like, they're uh, the pivotal adver- moments. In exactly, our lives. adversity mm-hmm. builds character. And a lot of people like, nah, that, it, that's not true. But for me, that adversity that I've been through has built this character. Yeah, 100%. I truly believe in the mantra, you don't know who a person is until something goes wrong. That's why I love to travel with people because Mm -hmm. I always want to see when a flight gets delayed, what are they going to do? If Mm -hmm. we check into the hotel and our room isn't ready, what's going to happen? Or 
we went on like a spring break trip together. Uh, we went on a cruise, and oh, everybody God. was super hungover for this excursion we were supposed to go on to see the Mayan ruins. And it was just kind of like if something could go wrong, something did. Uh, it was this whole thing of we were on this super awful road, and it was really bumpy, and everyone thought they were going to throw up. Oh and then God, when we get so to the bad. ruins, it was so disgustingly hot. There, they told us there'd be shade. There was no shade. There, there was, was no shade. There was yeah, a lot. There's a lot the of photos of me just like squatted down. Yeah, like it, trying to pseudo sit. You know? <laughs> and it's and it's great. <laughs> and we were with some other guys on the, on the trip too, who you could tell some of them were also control <laughs> freaks like me. But you can't control other people. So how are you going to react to that when not everybody's in the best state of mind? Not everybody is with it completely. How are you going to react to the situation? That's when I think people's uh, they they either adapt to it or or mm. they don't. And when they don't adapt, you get to see a side of them you probably wouldn't see before. Lee made a great point about reading um, certain things to like kind of recenter yourself. And I have a habit of like kind of tuning the world out, mm. <laughs> and I'll be in my own world. And it's not to say that I don't I'm not present in the real world because I feel like I do apply logic to it before a lot of my feelings to things mm-hmm. but and that's that can be bad at times too right um because the acknowledgement i want of my feelings from others if i'm not giving myself how can i attract that mm-hmm. but i do think that um there's this app called the pattern app and i read that on a daily and then i actually read something the other day that lee told me to read it was personal mm-hmm. that she wrote um um. Yeah, months ago maybe. Uh, I wrote a, a journal full of poems. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wow. never released it. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Thanks. And I think she should release it because when I read it, I felt like she was talking to me, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "Oh wait, I don't just live in this world by myself." Right. It's <laughs> there like are other that people. So it recentered me to like learn how to deal with um, even Lee dealing with Lee, dealing with um, other people, mm-hmm. I just had to step back and say, wait, I kind of need to know certain things before I jump to conclusions mm-hmm. or like jump to defense right. or an offense. Mindfulness it's, is powerful. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, being mindful of your situation, being mindful of how you react to something uh, when you're reading something, when you're interacting with someone our reactions have consequences, whether they're a positive or a negative consequence. And that's how sometimes people can get in trouble, right? Because they just want to react right away. They mm-hmm. mean, I'm people. <laughs> I mean, I'm people no, too. No, me I'm too. People. And I, I react in extremes. Like, I'm, oh, I, I and also yo, react in extremes. It's horrible. It's horrible because, like, she reacts, she reacts in extremes, but I do too. But they're so different. Mm. Like, they're bo- like, we're both on the opposite ends. Like, like, I always say, well, I, I started saying recently because I noticed how, how much of a handful I am to deal with. Like, when what you talking about? Nah, when I'm, fu- <laughs> like, when I'm fully on, like, when the world understands, like, what I can do and who I am, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, Gotham is going to release something, like, like a statement. <laughs> like a statement. Like, yo, you don't understand. Look like, what we've been through. <laughs> like, we have dealt like, with yo, good this looking girl, for three years. Yo, like, I know I'm a lot, like, because... When I react, it's 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 emotions, but then I start talking about it. Like I'm in therapy and stuff, where you know, just having regular conversations with people because I reacted in every reaction. Mm-hmm. It it evokes every action evokes a reaction. Of so course. now I'm having these talks, and I'm realizing like, yo, this I feel this way, but I feel this way because of me. Like I didn't speak up. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't 
I didn't show up for myself. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I can't be like, well, these people making me mad or this person don't like me or this person is super rude, but... Did you say anything? Mm-hmm. And, I'd and be I'm like, the complete opposite. Yeah. She'd be like, I yo, say you'd be like, everything. You'd be, like, you'd be like, hi, Noel. And she'd be like, I don't like how you said that. <laughs> and she's so, but she's so well-spoken that you'd be like, damn, I really said yeah, that wrong. Like, I, I don't have like, to use a curse word. Yo, I don't have to insult you. Whereas me, I'm in my head like, nah, fuck that. What you said? And she'd just be like, well, the way you said that was super rude. But I, <laughs> I offend people. And I, I had like to me. read up about myself because I'm like, okay, what like how can I have such a vernacular mm-hmm. and um I'm not aggressive in a lot of times it's like via text too. So <laughs> oh, it's goodness. like That's I don't like have the worst a tone form of it too. Right? Exactly. I don't have a tone, but there's a tone that people have created with because my voice word, in mind. The, words, the way you piece them together with creates my a tone. personality in mind and I'm like, well, what if I'm this today and yeah. I'm not what you thought I was behind this text right now? It's so unfair. And mm-hmm. I also pushed the narrative of because every action has a reaction, how can you be mad at my reaction? Mm-hmm. But I do think that reactions do have levels. And if we change the perspective and put ourselves in other people's shoes before we react, yep. I think the level of reacting would change. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that's where mindfulness too come, comes into a play when we're actively thinking about the other person's interest and and not kind of uh, thinking about the interests of our own. Something interesting that I just thought of uh, what, what you were talking about reminded me of. One of the things that I hate is that society has kind of labeled women as very mm-hmm. emotional and opinionated and kind of these loud creatures. Over-opinionated. Over-opinionated, exactly. And I hate that. I hate that there's that label that women can't feel like they can express themselves without coming off like a bitch. Right. If I don't like something, you know me, Sabrina. I'm going to tell you right to your face. You're going to speak your mind. Exactly. Mm. And it's like, but also too, I think that those um, negative stereotypes of women come from just wanting to be in control of women. Because when you think about it, oh, she's being a bitch. But if you think about a guy who's being... Mean. Men be just, bitches too. Men, men exactly. be bitches too. But like, bitch but nobody is a calls non, them a bitch. You know, yeah. it's a non-gender conforming term. Exactly. That's what I love about it. Yeah. But society put a gender against it because they wanted to put it in a box. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even myself, like I, I fall through with the politics of even music. Like I'll have this voice podcasting um, with my peers, with my friends. But when it comes to the politics of music and some of the things that go on behind the scenes, I'm. A mouse, mm-hmm. because in that realm of work, in that world, um, it's a male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times when you say something, you are like blackmailing yourself. So it, huh. it, it's 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 very hard to like have that way about you where you're like standing up for yourself and you want to speak on certain things but then in a certain space mm-hmm. or a certain workspace even with a lot of times I say too do you talk to your boss this way no right. and people's answer is no but then why do you talk to me like that exactly I go through the same thing I won't say certain things I will move a certain way remove myself from situations in the music industry before mm-hmm. I get labeled as the mouthy bitch. Mm-hmm. As the hard to work with artist. And it's shitty that we have to do that. 
it's so shitty. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this too, Sabrina. You are also a musician and, mm-hmm. and in this space. Yes, girl. A word. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she dope. can sing. Oh, can she that's, sing? That's dope. <laughs> this bitch was in a rock band. Right. I'm super excited to work with you, by the way. I know. I'm so, yeah. I'm so <laughs> I was sitting here listening to you talk about that, and I was thinking about my own, you know, experiences with, like, for example, right now I'm in the process of trying to figure out what exactly my image is and that kind of stuff. And my yeah. issue that I keep running with is that I want to be real. I want to be authentic. But at the same exact time, what sells being the sexy girl, being the like floozy girl. And yes, don't get me wrong. I want to sing about sex because I want to sing about it as a confident woman who's right. comfortable with her sexuality. Right. But like what people in the music industry kind of want, want. is... Mm-hmm the just sexy but they want an image it. period mm-hmm. so even when you want that real authentic way like me i'm a sweats leggings t-shirt kind mm-hmm. of chick i'm not a flashy mm-hmm. bedazzle glam girl mm-hmm. um so even for me it's like whether you want to go the sexy route or whatever route, it's a route you have to go they want you mm-hmm. to place yourself somewhere in some lane yeah and that's what's harder is yeah. that you're not just one thing you're a bunch of different things. So one of the issues that I run into is that I write a lot of, quote, sad music. <laughs> but like, <laughs> she said sad, sad music. Sabrina <laughs> Smith. Like, like, I, like, 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 I'm having a hard time, but I also like to have a good time. Right. And like, I like to fall into these different routes. Yeah. I don't want to be just one thing, just one sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they just want you to fit into one box that they can sell you. And when you when you let them do that, it it's it's just it's all bad. It's all bad because I've let people tell me who and and what I am to the point where now I have a hard time telling people that I do other things. Like I when I met Noel, I was like pushing like podcasts and I and I still do, but like I've picked up my camera again. Like I I wouldn't mm-hmm. touch it. I wouldn't touch it. And I show her like some of my pictures, and she's like, "Oh, those are great." And I'm just like, "I mean, I guess." They're I never said they were great. They're amazing. I don't okay, even doubt like, that they're not amazing. But like, I wow. I, I won't do that. Like, I yeah. won't be like, "Yo, I take some amazing pictures." Nah, like you're very humble. You're very yeah. humble about your own talents and abilities, yeah. and that's so important too. It's important, but the balance, like knowing mm-hmm. when to show up for right. yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've, I've when to hype yourself up. Yeah, I've missed the mark, and I'd be like, "Nah." No, I'm okay. And then right. like like I'll help somebody like take a picture and they'd be like, Yo, you don't you don't take pictures? And I'm like, nah, nah. I podcast. A hundred percent. I I totally get that. My thing for a long time, my identity was that I was a figure skater at one point in my life. Um, And the podcasting thing is still very, very new to me. I still don't truly identify as like a, a podcaster. I don't even know what that identity would even be. And I was talking to somebody at work and they asked all the things I do outside of work. I'm like, well, I I still kind of coach skating on the side. Sometimes I'm a comedian Mm. at night. I'm a photographer. Um, Mm. I've done graphic design on my computer. Like I do a lot of different things and they're like, shit, why don't you like, you're, you're incredible. Why don't you talk about this more? I'm like, I don't know. It's not really like, exactly. It's not really like it's, I'm that good. They're like, no, you got to hype yourself up. You got to recognize that what you're doing is important and that you're really good at it. Yeah, yeah. But how do we show all that on our skin in a photo yeah. on Instagram or Facebook exactly. or YouTube? I can't sell myself in a bio. I can't sell myself in a picture. Mm-hmm. So kind of right now, my inspiration has been like artists who have kind of evolved and made it made their big break after a long period of time of trying. Mm-hmm. 
because I feel like that's where I'm at. I'm in I'm in the space of I'm not getting pulled. I'm by someone I know or who I'm connected to. It's not who you know for me. Mm-hmm. It's not a you know, I I I have this like hit. Mm-hmm. I think my music or my song is a hit, but right. we it may all not think be your that. <laughs> your music is a hit. I showed you're, so you're, many people this weekend. Don't even front. It, it, like, it's so just, many people sure love shot. it. She's bugging. She's a sure <laughs> shot. And that's but, the I thing. But I mean, that might not be to to the majority of people now. So even with this song, DGC, like I'm crossing like charts, like a, a chart that I wouldn't mm-hmm. normally touch. Like a, if I put that song out, it would be on a pop chart, right? Mm-hmm. I've never done a pop song ever in life. Really? Ever in life. Let alone house music. Like Yeah, house music with is With the tough, EDM right? vibes and all of that stuff. That is not me. So this song is like a breakthrough of like an un- being in an uncomfortable space and like trying to succeed out of it and finding yeah. comfort in it. I think all of us as artists need to be uncomfortable because that's the only real times that we learn what we can do and what we can't do. And usually what we think we can't do, we actually can do. Before we started keeping it together, I had a lot of people tell me, you can't be a podcaster. You can't do this. You won't ever be able to do it. Like, what are you talking about? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And it's going to be our own and it's going to be our our show and it's going to be important. And then they tried to play the female card. Oh, well, you know... You know who someone really successful, Joe Rogan? I'm like, yeah, Joe Rogan has a great podcast, but that doesn't mean that only men can podcast and and do these type of things and do talk shows and interviews and and things like that. Women can do this as well. Mm -hmm. Anything in the entertainment business, they say men just do it better. And it's ironic because all of these men have women working for them. All of them do. It's It's even women running their businesses. It's weird because it's like, I don't know. People always give you the the male aspect. This person's doing it. This person's great at it. This is a master. And they always be men. But for me, it was always like, yo, you right. And I'm still going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I always, I never understand. Like, you you put all these men against me for, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things. That's how I know, like, I am meant for something. Because that doesn't bother me. Right. Like, the, the whole women can't do it stuff, it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is, like, you don't give it a chance. Exactly. Like, okay, if that's how you feel, cool. But just listen to it. Just listen to it because you might change your mind. That's where I have an issue because people are so set on the fact that women can't that they don't even... They don't even give it a chance. They don't even try. Yeah, like, just just one chance. Just listen once. Mm -hmm. If you hate it, I can accept it. Mm -hmm. But you didn't listen. That's what bothers me. Exactly. I just thank God every day that, like, the things that I have gone through mentally, like with my own mental health, was never um, an attack from like my music. So mm-hmm. the, the things that I've gone through have never been like a direct um, jab at my music. What she's saying is nobody's telling her her music is trash because <laughs> yeah. it's not. And because it's not trash. I, I don't know where I would be with my music if it was if I had that like pressure mm-hmm. from saying. Oh no, this sucks. Or I've had like I a need few bombs. Like we need a bomb right now. She's <laughs> right? flexing right no, now. No, I'm saying that. No, I'm serious because queen. I'm not saying oh. that I haven't gone through any like mental health issues with myself. But I'm so glad it wasn't surrounding my music because mm-hmm. I really don't know if I would be with my music how I am today with mm-hmm. it or like evolving with Can it. Can I ask you something? Going for it. Would you Would you say that music defines you? 
Mm. That's a tough one. Mm. Damn, I was going there too. <laughs> no. I got you. I, I don't, I, I can't say that because I'm a big believer in creating time. Mm-hmm. Like I think that, and I don't think that everyone has the ability to. I think that people, artists, are people who are creative can create time. You create more time for yourself. Mm-hmm. So in my creating time, I create music, I create visuals, I, I, I do a Love bunch it. of things. So I don't think music defines me at all. I think it's a source of energy, a source of power. It For gives me. you a place a generator. to express yourself <laughs> in a way that you probably can't do in a, in another medium. Yeah. Right? Like, and I tell the truth in my music, so. And that's important. It's important to express your truth and tell your truth in a way that you can't do in a different way. Yeah. A lot of times people as artists will, will talk about that, whether if they're a painter or a photographer or a singer or a musician, whatever that is, or a podcaster, whomever. The at the end of the day, we all want to be able to tell our truths and tell our story in the way that we want to tell the story. It's important to control the narrative because if we let someone else control our narratives, that's when things can can kind of go south. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's when we let people chirp in our ears like, oh, you're you're a shitty person. You shouldn't be wearing what you're wearing. You shouldn't be singing what you're singing or doing what you're what you're doing. And that's so messed up. That's a huge... I wanted to touch on that before in Um, I forgot what she was saying at the moment, but I was bringing up the fact that we have so many people in our ears. Yeah. So that's a huge part about things. And we also seek <laughs> the answers from people. We ask people all the time, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. How do I look in this? Yep. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about what I did? Mm-hmm. Um... And it, it, why do we care so much about yeah. what others think? We even let people in. It's almost like validating our own thoughts. Yeah. Because we want to make sure that other people agree with the way that we're thinking. If they're as weird as we think we are. <laughs> and if they fit in the same type of mold or space that we are, we want to be able to connect with someone that way. But I think it's also important that although people kind of chirp in our ears, we have to choose to listen to it or not. That's a powerful thing of listening to it because when we listen to it, then we let it affect us. That's when we let it really control our own perceptions of ourselves. Yeah. Something I have a ton of issues with, I've vocalized it many times, is my body image. I was a figure skater for 19 years. I, I talked about it in the last episode. And one of the struggling things in that sport is that you are constantly being judged for your music, for your choreography, for your jumping, for who you look like. And it put a ton of negative imagery in my head about how I perceive myself and who I want to be. I've always been kind of a bigger woman. And I'm very proud of my curves and who I am. Oh, yes. Always curvy. Always curvy. (laughs) Always. But it's taken me a long time to love those curves because I let other people chime in my ears saying, you're really fat. You're really pudgy. You look like a potato. You look like you need to be losing some weight. Yo, me too. You know, it's crazy. I'm still on that journey of kind of like looking in the mirror and just enjoying mm-hmm. my body. I don't See, really, I don't like it. That shit pisses me off because how you look does not define the talent that right. you have. Exactly. So I dealt with this a lot growing up. So when I was younger, I was very, I was very chunky. Like my fourth grade graduation t-shirt fits me now. Wow. Yeah, wow. I was a big girl. Um, so, uh, but I, you know, would do, you know, all the talent stuff and I had the singing ability but 
I wasn't offered stuff and shows and I was only allowed to like do one performance at like the vocal concert at the end of the year or just little things like that where other girls who were skinnier, who were, you know, the, the look, they would get offered multiple mm-hmm. places to perform and I would only get mm-hmm. the one and it was because of how I looked. And, and that's so shitty. Yeah. It is horrible. So, so shitty. Damn it, I was really good back then. You were you good. You were good. Exactly. You still good. Yeah. You've done so many things to prove who you are and show people what you got. And I think if people don't want to accept that, they can go fuck themselves. Exactly. Then they're not going to be a supporter. So why give them the time of day? Yeah. But I, that's the tough part. I auditioned in uh, LaGuardia. I went to LaGuardia Arts in high school, and they do a musical every year. And mm-hmm. all the departments, all the majors have the opportunity to audition for whatever role. And it's probably, I think I told Lee this, that this is the one thing I regret or, like, the one thing that, like, in my performing career, I was just like, wow, I'll never do this again. I auditioned for Dynamite. And I don't know if you guys um, saw Hairspray, but the Dynamites Mm -hmm. were, like, the three women that sang on the side, and they were, like, slim girls with the wigs. Mm -hmm. And I went to audition. I thought I did great. And they brought me back for Motormouth. Now, the... I, really? That, yeah, that was a situation where I didn't go back for the audition and I should have. But even in the image space, I had the image of Motormouth. The bigger girl with the soulful, like, kind of Motormouth voice. Again? Queen Latifah played oh, it in okay. the mm-hmm. movie. Yep, she did. And even that, like, I connected it to a time where, like, I... I didn't believe in myself to my full potential because, I mean, that's a huge thing. You Mm -hmm. go in for uh, a dynamite double casting and then they give you motor mouth double casting. Mm -hmm. And I was up against another girl who, you know, she was same, you know, bigger than me, but, you know, same type of body shape and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I was just so like, she got it. She can do it. I was so discouraged. But even looking back at it now, it's like they typecast. They type cast on what you look like and look at casting what role calls. you fit. Yeah. Mm. Right? I see them all the time, oddly enough, yeah. on like Facebook. There is a ton going on. There's a lot of tapings here for uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel, which yeah. phenomenal show if you've never seen it. It talks about um, a female in the 50s. She gets <gasps> divorced and becomes a comedian and talks about things in the 50s people never spoke about. Divorce what it's like to be dating again, what it's like. Uh, her identity is, is that she's a Jewish woman. And being a Jewish woman in the 50s, you're, you're the homemaker. And she throws that rule back out the window and says, fuck it. But one of my issues with their casting calls is that their descriptions of the women they want for the extras. They're so specific. So specific. So and I'm specific. like, um, I read that. Down to the freckles. Yes. Down to the freckles. Down That's, to the freckles. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's I browse because it's so interesting. And it's just like, how are you going to classify people like that? Like, I get there's a look and a feel you want, but if somebody has the talent that you want, you work around all that other shit. Right. And that's what what's tough. Yeah. It's funny you bring up the hairspray thing. I actually was Tracy Turnblad on ice. Oh, that's so crazy. I went figure skating. Uh, one of my things was I always wanted to throw the rule book out and someone made fun of me at a competition. I had this beautiful, beautiful program. I, I skated to Josh Groban. It was one of my best numbers I had ever done. And someone looked at me and said, you know, you'd be great as like a Tracy Turnblad because you're like big. And I go, what? And she goes, yeah, yeah, you were great on ice, but you shouldn't be wearing that. You should be wearing something else. So I, I looked at her and this was a girl I competed against a ton. And I'm like, okay. 
And so that season, I put together a program to skate to Good Morning Baltimore. I went to Goodwill. I want to watch you skate now. I oh watch figure God. skating. Yeah. So now I want to see you skate. Like, I've actually never seen her skate. And wow. we've been friends hey, since 2015. I so am, almost four years. I am I on the YouTube. Send me those links. I did not know this. I'm the, not going to go find you. The moral of the story is I, I skated the program and I, I crushed it that year. And it's taken me a long time to really say I did really well. I took that program all the way to nationals. And I beat her. And she, and she tried to skate in something beautiful and uh, this beautiful piece, but her problem was that she didn't identify to the music. Where I took the she music, she was so focused on you. Yeah. She was too focused on me, and I remember coming off off the ice, uh, and I looked at her. I'm like, "You had a great skate," and she goes, "Thanks, you were okay." And I'm like, where's the sportsmanship <laughs> in this? Who cares? This is the fun aspect of skating. Yeah. And it took a long time for me to be okay with being Tracy Turnblad on ice because I didn't want to look like the fat girl skating. I didn't want to look like this girl who didn't know what she was doing. You and know, I, I didn't want to fit into a mold. I thought I, I think about that a lot because I, I, I'm an athlete. I was a college athlete. and What I did just, you do in college? Uh, I started playing ball, but uh, I ended up playing lacrosse. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I got a scholarship for it to go to North Carolina. But like wow. even like in sports, it's always like like first of all, I came on the field and I was like this big girl with cornrows. So like everybody was like, What are you doing? <laughs> and I mean even What me, do you I'm mean like, what you doing? You're I'm like, I'm work. like, I'm from the projects. I don't I don't even know what lacrosse is. Like, what am <laughs> I here for? Like And they was just like you, you can't play ball this season, so like can you be a defender? And I was like, No. I don't know what this is. <laughs> and I started playing. I can't you know, imagine yeah. the conversation Yo, straight no back cornrows. And I'm like, miss, no. <laughs> and, but but I, I will die if I don't do stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play. And I, I just was naturally good, but I was I was the biggest. And then it was always like I would be in the back when we was running our miles. And then gradually I, I, I was the second to last. I mean, I ain't hit first, but, you know, I climbed up there. You got up there. But, yeah, but, like, now... Like I mean, I've, I'm coaching. I've 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 gotten offers That's to play awesome. in the summer, but like now I'm super. Like nah, I don't look like I did. Like I start, I look like how I started, and it's it's it it, it fucks me up. I ain't gonna it's lie. It's tough. It fucks me up. Like, it's tough I hate to it. like look back on pictures of yourselves when you feel like you're in your prime. So to yo, speak. I, that's all I'm working for. Mm-hmm. I just want to get back. Like, mm. but it's so hard. It's so hard. And then, you know, life comes at you fast. And, like, my schedule is so crazy. Some days I just wake up and I'll walk past the mirror in my house and I'll just be like, yo, what are you doing? It's tough. Like, oh, yeah, I'll be tough, so man. sad. I get it. Like, and then I got to go outside and, like, be Lee and be, like, super happy. But inside I just be like, yo, I feel like a, a fat bastard. Do you feel like you're working towards more a physical satisfaction of yourself or an emotional um, satisfaction? Yo, it's physical, emotional, and mental. I've never actually been mentally happy. Which I don't one, even know what that feels like. Which one are you trying to get to first? Uh, definitely physical. Not going to lie. I just want to look at myself and feel the sex symbol. Because mm. I know I got it. Yeah, you do. I know. Thank you. I know I have Anytime. it. But I don't see it. I don't see it. And I feel like if I see it, then I can feel it more. It's tough to feel it when you don't feel it. But no, everybody yeah. else around you does, and you're like, I don't get it. Yo, I don't get it. that is that's me for real. Like people see things in me, like even with the show, mm-hmm. like people are like yo, you should keep going, and I'm like, why? I know someone who definitely flaunts her stuff, and I'm looking at her right now across the table in that <laughs> black jacket. Sabrina, <laughs> it has taken a long time to get to this point. You I'm gonna look the best you've ever looked since we met. 
Truly, I mean, you've always looked phenomenal, but you are so embracing yeah, I was yourself say that. and I your saw body. Your, you standing there, I'm like, yo, her body is awesome. Oh, my you are... I love your legs. Like, oh, I know. I'm like, yes, I want they thick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thick though. You got them thick legs. Um, I will say, so it's taken me a long time to get to this point. You know, I did grow up overweight. I was not athletic at all. Like TBT basketball, seventh and eighth grade, <laughs> only on the team because there were only eight players. Only scored one point in my two years, and it was a foul shot. <laughs> so, like, you, hey, but it counts. You can ask my parents it about counts. it. But, um, you know, I wasn't athletic. I ended up finding, like, my niche with cross country. For some odd reason, the short girl was like, hey, let me let me be the runner. And it cross was a country, weird thing. Though, that's, like, yeah. a lot. Wow. It is a like, lot. So it I didn't clap it up for you. I did it because a lot of my friends were doing it, and I wanted to hang out with my friends. But it ended up being a sport where... I was mostly just competing against myself and it was like I was seeing these race times and I just wanted to keep getting better and better and better. And with that, you know, my health did change. I lost weight. I learned healthy eating habits and I just kind of, you know, kept with it. I will say that if I wasn't working in fitness now, I don't know what I would do because life is really, really crazy. Mm-hmm. So I get, why, I get why it's really hard for other people to get to the gym or like, cook meals like it's hard unless you're like in it Mm -hmm. so but then also too another point for you lee is that our physical and our mental health they are so highly tied together so even when i was super fit back in college mentally i was not okay and i just didn't feel my Mm -hmm. best so finding your mental health is a whole nother route a whole nother journey that doesn't even take Mm -hmm. on that physical but once you feel better mentally once you find what's going to make you feel better mentally it's going to transfer over to physical and you might not even be at that physical shape that you're dying to be at Mm -hmm. but you're still going to feel good about yourself because in your mind you're you're okay non-scale victories yeah non-scale i need need to find better uh i heard uh kanye west say uh he doesn't use the word diet he used the word live it Live it. Yeah. I hate better livets. I hate diets <laughs> in general. Yeah. yeah. It's a lifestyle thing. Right. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you guys, though, because I don't know. Maybe I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Super different and off course. But I went through Shoot. a phase in my life from, from being teased when I was younger where, like, I hated my body. And there's, like, still parts of my body I don't like because of when I was teased. Um but I never really, like, hated myself, if that makes any sense. It does. So, like, I wanted to know if, like, you guys ever felt that way because there were times when I physically didn't like my appearance and I still have physical, like, things about me where I'm just like, I don't like my boobs or I don't like my butt. And I'm just like, but I love me. So it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll take these boobs. I see. I see. So, I see what you're asking. Yeah. yeah. So, like, have you guys ever felt that way? Yes. Mm-hmm. So totally. I actually, there was a point in time where I like legitimately hated myself. Granted, that was tied in with some serious depression and anxiety and a lot of other things going on. Now I will say that yes, I really like who I am now. You know, I've I've gone through this journey and I really like who's sitting in this chair. Now I'll still have my days physically where I'm like. Ugh. Like for example, right. I got nothing going on on my chest, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, look in the mirror, I'm like, 
lifts. You like, can lifting have them like mm-hmm. here. Ugh, like <laughs> so I I have those days where I physically don't like myself, but I have had that where I just like have legitimately just not yeah. liked who I was. Cuz I think yep. there's a difference and I think that ties us back into the whole vessel idea. Like we're in this physical form, but this physical form doesn't define us. It 100%. doesn't like our conscience is is working, our brains are constantly working, our creative juices are working, there's energy we're exuding out of this physical body. And I think it's such a huge difference. I think it starts from inside. And I think once inside is okay and you're and you're comfortable with the person you are changing into uncomfortably, mm-hmm. I think it'll show on the outside. And you won't even really care. Totally. I mean, I can relate to all of that. Uh, as a kid, I was heavily uh, made fun of and bullied. I remember one time somebody unscrewed the bolts in my chair in class. So that way when nah. I would sit down, because I mean, I was, I, don't get me wrong, I was a big kid. Uh, I, I was. And they would do that to prove a point of how big I was. So the chair would break and everything. But I never really nah. hated myself. I mean, I would get like notes in my locker that were people talking to me about my body and that I would never get a man and that I would never be a woman. Yo, kids, kids are, are evil. Kids are cruel. assholes. Kids are cruel. It didn't, when they would talk about my physical appearance at first, I never really was that upset. I never really hated myself until they told me that I would never be a woman. And I remember I was in the eighth grade and it was like two months before we were going through eighth grade graduation and I got this note in my locker and I, I really got upset about it. And I was trying to figure out what was making me so upset about it was that I, I wasn't going to be a woman. What does that mean? I, I have my boobs. I have a period. At that time, I was like, I've had a period for a year now. <laughs> I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm physically a woman. But what is telling you that that I'm not going to be a woman, that I'm not a stick figure? Magazines. Magazines. TV, exactly. Radio. Kids yeah. are dickheads. Kids are and dickheads. And I work with children. Honestly, like... These kids that said this shit on your locker right now, I bet you any money. Man, private school kids are they're rude. like <laughs> private school kids suck sometimes. <laughs> All the time, awful. I'm a private school That's kid. Freaking awful. <laughs> me too. But it's I'm a private school kid. I you know am. what that makes me. But think I believe of in t- karmic energy, mm. so I do too. Best. I bet you any money those kids are like. Not doing well right now. I know some aren't. Mm-mm. But, <laughs> I know. She, Love she it. found I, out. I follow them on Facebook. You got the tea. Be like winning. You got the but tea. <laughs> my point being, it's taken a long time for me to accept myself as a woman. Not just myself, but really embracing uh, my feminine side. Mm-hmm. And it's taken years for that. Uh, and I, I think it's important, again, to one, not let those outside sources kind of be your source of unhappiness because I never hated myself, but I let kids make me think that I hated myself. And that's what I don't like is that I let someone make me think that I Mm -hmm. should hate myself. I should Mm. lose weight. I should dress a certain way. I think it's, it's, I'm I'm happy you said the word feminine um, because I think as a masculine presenting woman, uh, I know a lot of what I've dealt with about like what I'm insecure about has been because people told me how I should be. So I always struggled like balancing mm-hmm. my masculine and feminine energy because I always felt like I wasn't supposed to be feminine because I'm not wearing women's clothes. I'm just not doing it. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, well, if I'm going to wear men's clothes, I have to maintain a certain level of masculinity. And now I'm just in a space where yeah. I just got here, but I'm like super feminine. I just wear men's you clothes. You are like... Okay, yeah. I said it right. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. 
this is the first time I'm hearing her ever say this. I think it's important to note that being masculine or being feminine does not have anything to do with physical appearance. Exactly. It has to, I think it has to do more on the inside. And I love when people say they have a feminine side because that means you're powerful. That means you're in tune with your emotions. That means Mm -hmm. you don't give a shit. I'm sorry. No, it's true. Men, again... To all of you listening, we love you guys, but y'all are some bitches sometimes. <laughs> Men be bitches. I'm getting a shirt. Men be bitches. Men be bitches. Men be bitches. No, I, I think it's important to embrace that side and, and embrace your emotions because a lot of men sometimes feel like they have to suppress them and they have to keep them down. And that's not good at all, especially for your mental health. A ton mm-hmm. of people who go through depression, I'm one of those I've been, I was diagnosed years ago and, and same with my anxiety is that it forces you to suppress them and feel like you can't let them speak out. And a lot of men feel that way as well. And I think that's so shitty that they have to do that. And they're afraid to let that out. I got a question for everybody in here. I want to ask before we get up out of here. Mm -hmm. Um, Because lately I've been finding myself in a space where I'm doing things, of course, I want to make a career out of, but... I just have to do these things. I just have to let right. them flow. Do you ever find in like podcasting or or like the digital stuff, anything in fitness, music, do you ever find like you just it, it's not fun? Like it's just not fun anymore? Do you ever miss the fun in it? There there's Hell some days yeah. like that. What? Yeah. Yeah. There's gonna always be days like that. Yeah. But, but like how how do you reset? Like right now, well, not today, but like a few days ago podcast it wasn't fun it was yeah. just business mm-hmm. and for i was like fuck months, i miss it music has been like not fun for me i have been um what micromanaging people to get stuff done for me like i've been stressing about rollouts like it's not fun right now but i think when i hear the songs and i'm like and this is happening i get that like gooey love for it and yeah I think in this process right now, until I'm, like, super wealthy off of my music, I, I'm i not saying I don't think it will be fun. Like, the process, obviously, is fun. But I think I'm going to go back and forth between the fun and the, and the professionalism yeah. and what's prioritized out of that, out of those two things, until I'm like, okay, well, I could pay you to do this and not worry about it because mm-hmm. you have to do this. It's it, It's just much different right now when you're, like, kind of, like, climbing yeah i think i think it's when it's when what you're doing becomes work Mm -hmm. is when it becomes no fun but when you actually go and do it so i find this a lot with you know programming for clients or programming for classes it's like i'm sitting there always programming trying to think of different things to do trying to think of how to progress these people and it's work and it isn't fun but then when i actually go into the session or i go into the class and i'm with the people and i'm feeding off their energy and i'm and I'm doing what I know I can do best, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes fun again. Okay. Okay. Understood. I think there is a common misconception about the idea of work and fun. And the way that I reset is I talk to a lot of people who are either <laughs> retired or have a lot of experience under their belt. So I work in digital advertising. It can be a pretty strenuous job at times, but I fucking love it. I love it. It is fun to me every single day. I love going through numbers. I love planning campaigns for clients. I love writing POVs. I love all of it. There are times that can be super stressful and I think, wow, I don't want to be doing this. I want to be doing this. And I think the reset button that that I have with that is 
looking at in 20 years from now, I'm going to be talking about this moment in time of getting dirty, getting in the weeds, getting, getting dirty, getting dirty. And it, it, it's important to remember that in whatever we're doing, there's going to be so many different parts we hate. There are times I hate planning for shows. I really do. We talk about this all the time. I'm always like, we got to get some sort of a framework for the shows and plan shit out. And sometimes I really don't like it. But then I'll listen to that episode that I thought I wasn't going to like. And I love it. And then I get in the studio and I love what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Or I go to work and I'm just happy because I get to do the things that I thought I never would do. And I think we have to remember that there was a point in our lives where we thought we couldn't do this. There was a voice in our head. we weren't doing it. When we weren't doing it. And it's like, can you imagine your life not doing it? No. No. I can't imagine my life without this show. I can't imagine my life without digital advertising. I I couldn't. That's awesome. I think it's just always going to go back and forth between, oh, this is this sucks and this is fun. Yeah. But as long as it keeps going back to that fun, that's what matters. If okay. it comes to yep. a point and progression. where it's, yeah, where it progresses. But if it comes to a point where you're just miserable doing it all the time, you don't have that fun in it anymore, then that oh, no, that's, that's, that's when it's a problem. You yeah. know, I think you have to ask yourself, can I live the rest of my life giving this up? And if you can't answer that as a yes, then clearly there is something still bringing you back that tells you this is what you should be doing. And you got to find different pockets to present it. Yeah, I think in each thing that we all sit here and we do, there are so many roles or so many different um, areas of work we can focus on where, okay, like you're you're saying um, you don't want to plan for the show, but you love digital marketing. So it's like, okay, well, I, you can focus on what you're doing here mm-hmm. and then go back to that when you're ready to go back to that. Yeah. Because, like I said, creators create time. So, exactly. you know, we're never, like, losing it because we're always creating it. Once we're not creating time anymore and we fall in the place of mm-hmm. being a follower or doing what everybody else is doing, I think that's when we have to question ourselves and 100%. kind of recenter and say, are we, am I going to get back on track with this and being a leader of this or do is it's just not for me anymore? Yep. It's important to have those check-ins, the yeah. self-check-in of, do I like what I'm doing? Even if I don't like it in this time, do I like the big picture? Yeah. Whatever that end goal may be or whatever the theme is of what we're doing. Yeah. For you guys, music and fitness and the show and mm-hmm. photography and being an artist and just being women and people, do mm-hmm. we like what we're doing? And if we don't, we have that opportunity to change it. We just have to want to change it and or want to keep going. And I think from this combo, what I what I kind of want to do and just put myself out there is be a support system for everybody sitting here because I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's huge, especially as women. Yeah, women supporting women is yes. such a very strange, strange concept because a lot of times it was women going against women. It's still women going against women. Yeah, true, very true. I deal with that on a regular. Like even women that want to, like support me and they just don't because yeah. it's just a world if i do this shines a light on her it's like they get and jealous she might take something away from me and i have to focus on this and people are in my ear saying that i can't support this person we we're, we're gonna you're gonna go through that if you don't go through that already. yeah like you know so i try to break my kids out of that as a teacher mm-hmm. like I, try, I, I always tell them like it's okay for your to friends. support, right? And, and I, your friends will bring you with them. They're not going to take or steal anything away from you. they're really exactly. your friends. And then if you're really their friend, you let them have their moment to shine because they deserve it just as much as you do. Absolutely. 100%. Guys, 
we're coming up on time but i want to thank you both so so much thank you for coming on the show this thank has you been for having us. one of the most thought-provoking conversations yeah. i think we've ever had this has been this has been a fun episode yeah. you guys are wonderful humans and so are you are doing amazing, amazing things thing. in this world thank you and we thank love you. your show we listen i listen at least all the time thank you and i love thank all you. the work that you guys are doing that's Thank so crazy. Yeah, I feel the same way about you guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. My heart. Like, I'm watching y'all work and I'm just like, listen. Yo, see, women it. supporting women. <laughs> women here. Supporting yeah, and no, seriously. Yeah, just no, listening to just watching y'all grow. And, I've yeah. seen y'all come in and out, in and out, and I'm like, yo, they doing it. Like, we doing yeah, the doing damn thing. We doing it. We all doing the damn Keeping it together. This is episode 51. Our next yeah. episode is episode 52, which, which means one year of episodes. Congratulations. We ladies. never thought we'd make it here, but here we are. Wow. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, it's important. Just be here a year from now. Exactly. That's all I tell myself. Just be here a year from now. So I'm proud of y'all for real. Thank, Thank you. you. We're proud of you guys. Yes. Thanks Thank so you. much. Yes. Well, guys. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate everybody who came on to the show for episode 51. Once again, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 52 of the one year. Keeping it together.